Welcome again to another session of Beyond the Title, where we meet with and speak to exceptional professionals with extraordinary experiences. Now, joining us today is Joe Bjordal, the CMO of Zalora Group. Hi, welcome, Joe. How are you doing? Thank you, Steve, and a pleasure to be here. Hey, Joe, before I start off, now, you're from Norway. I'm guessing you are in Norway right now. You're, are you back home? Yes, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm very happy to share that after 18 months of fairly strict uh, lockdowns in Malaysia, where I, where I currently live, uh, I've managed to sneak out now and, and get back to my home country in Norway uh, to visit a bit of family and friends uh, and just stay on holiday for a couple of weeks. Uh, and it's been really wonderful being back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so far since I came back, you know, I've been able to disconnect completely. Oh, awesome, to, been... awesome to hear that. Yeah. No, 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 sorry. Please go ahead. Yeah, no. So, uh, I mean, coming back home was really refreshing. I think, you know, Norway is a, is a great country with a lot of nature, wildlife. So uh, I think the first thing I did was actually go and disconnect by go salmon fishing, which is probably the most Norwegian thing you could do, possibly, <laughs> <laughs> and also probably the best detox uh, medicine uh, after 18 months of, of, you know, quite strict urban lockdown in Kuala Lumpur. And I'm happy to announce that I even yeah. also caught a four kilo salmon uh, of it. So I was very happy about that. And now I'm fully back at work. Did you take a picture? I did take a picture. Actually, did you take yes. a picture? Do you mind sending it to us? That's going to be the that's going to be the cover picture of BTT with Joe Biordal. <laughs> Definitely, I can do that, Steve, <laughs> of course. Oh, very kind, very kind. Oh, man, that is beautiful. You know, I, I always have a respect for people who fish because it's not, no, it's a sport for the very patient people out there. That's for sure, yeah. <laughs> you, do, you do get a lot of time to think about things, to say the least. Very reflective. Amazing, amazing. And, and of course, you know, uh, <laughs> How was your travel at this point in time? I'm, I'm just very curious. You know, you, you traveled between two continents. There have been a lot of different, you know, uh, regulations and rules. How was your travel all the way back? Yeah, I, I've got to say, I've been thinking about doing this for probably a year already. Uh, and only now just did I decide that I really want to go for it because there's been so many restrictions and, you know, especially the, the hotel quarantines on both sides, yeah. which was not very encouraging. You know, I don't want to stay in Norway for two weeks and spend four weeks in quarantine total. Uh, but now finally I got my double vaccination, uh, which made it a lot easier from a quarantine perspective. And, uh, you know, took a bit of planning and, and coordinating to get all these documentations and approvals ready, but it was quite smooth in the end once you get everything in order. Um, so, so it went quite easy actually to go back uh, to Norway, yeah. Wow. Uh can I ask you, because, you know, a very important part of, of our quarter and our years coming in, especially for Zalora, as you were talking uh, just before this, 9-9, uh, what has been taking the the brain space of Joe Biodal at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, from a... From a work perspective first maybe uh, i think one of the reasons why i've uh, been enjoying my my job for so long and i've been there for seven years now is our relentless focus on data and experimentation in solora 
awesome. which which makes it exciting every day to just wake up and check the results of something whatever it might be you know how many new customers did we acquire <laughs> from this initiative and and e-commerce is quite fun in the sense that it's it's almost like playing a video game whatever you decide to do one day you'll get instant reply uh, in terms of how customers respond to that and you constantly learn and develop based on that and as you mentioned just now we're entering into our peak season for sales in southeast asia so there's going to be you know we start out with nine nine uh, in a couple of weeks in september and then it's going to be a couple of big campaigns every every month until the end of the year uh, so, so that's that's great. So that's a bit on the work side, right? And on the more personal sides, I think there's many things that that keep me focused. Uh, I for three years now, straight without exception, I think I've been um, I've been working out and done something physical for 30, 30 oh, minutes wow. now, uh, which was actually something I got inspired to do after reading a book called uh, The Power of Habit uh, by Charles Duhigg. I do the book. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a good book. You know, it made me really think, and it's all about the habits, right? So, what's cool about it when you've entered into this habit is, um, when you know you're going to work out the next day, your mind starts automatically thinking about it the, the day before. So, when you go to bed, you change your alarm clock so that, uh, you know, do you want to do something after work? Then you have to wake up thirty minutes earlier and get get it over with, right? So that's that's really great. <laughs> You know, it, it, it uh, actually, you know, after I read the book, I was also talking about this as a ritual process. So, so people, you know, normally say, okay, exercise has to be a habit uh, that you have to inculcate, which is true. But after you've hit that 30 day, 21 day mark, really, it becomes a ritual. Uh, and it's, it's basically you wanting to push yourself for that ritual exercise, uh, definitely versus let's say the coffee you drink as soon as you wake up in the morning if you associate it very similar to that uh i've read a few books on that you know how do you make how do you trick your mind into to associating tasks that you wouldn't want to do to habits and then into to rituals uh but thank you for bringing that up it's going to be something i'm going to be reflecting on uh, later on today as we get to reshape great great now, Joe, you you know you started off with this this very pensive, meditative sport of, of fishing, which I really do admire. My father was an avid angler. Uh, I I didn't have the patience for it, unfortunately. Uh, but you know, you also touch upon you know uh, the 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 habits uh, that make you exercise for three years. That that kudos to you, by the way, for keeping that kind of ritualistic. Uh, you know focus on that what is it that gets you out of bed and and to be joe biordal every day yeah i think um uh, i touched upon a few things that i really makes my day right already i think but uh, i'm also a very highly social person or at least that's what people tell me so i usually have something going on you know or i'm always on the lookout for some some event or meeting up with some friends i haven't seen for a while <laughs> and um i think you know normally under normal circumstances before COVID hit i was really interested in traveling and exploring new places um and um do some weekend trips around in southeast asia unfortunately we haven't been able to do that for now but I'm, I'm really hopeful that uh, quite soon it will be possible to do that too but i was always thinking about the next weekend <laughs> and what to do there. I think actually in 2019, uh, I think I was only in Kuala Lumpur where I lived at the time uh, for 
two weekends. The rest I was either wow. around in Malaysia or around <laughs> in the region, just looking for something cool to do. What's your favorite destination to do if you could travel today? I would go straight to Indonesia and surf. <laughs> so there's a, there's, a, there's a few opportunities there, uh, luckily. <laughs> So you got Bali, which is always convenient, but it's maybe not the the, the most beautiful place. But it's uh, there's a lot of nice islands that I would travel yes. to any any day. Yeah, oh, the, the Java Balinese islands are beautiful. Uh, I know Minister Santiago is is joining Reshape, and I know he's going to be very happy to hear that. So I'm going to send him the clip of this this uh, interview just afterwards. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Right now, now, you know, going into into knowing you a bit better, Joe. Uh, you know, if life were a movie, what character would you like to play? Yeah, this is a really tough one, actually. Uh, and <laughs> quite funny, we had a team bonding exercise a couple of weeks back, where this was one of the things we were going to be doing. We we're going to oh, say wow. who, who else in the team, like who would they be if they were a movie character? And someone said that I would be Thor. Uh, probably because I'm the I'm Norse Norwegian, god, Norwegian, <laughs> and uh, allegedly look a bit alike. Uh, but that's maybe over there in Asia. But maybe a more more original uh, answer in a setting like this. Uh, and, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But one movie character that I find extremely fascinating and that I aspire some characteristics of is is actually uh, Neil Macaulay, who is basically the character that. Uh, Robert De Niro plays in the 90s action thriller from, uh, yeah, I think 95 or something that's called Heat, uh, which also Heath. happens to be, oh, yes. yeah, actually happens to be my favorite movie as well. Um, and, you know, he's in the movie, he's like a, a top class, like a world class uh, bank robber, right? But yes. this this is more about the, the discipline and the the calculated approach to decision making that he has in everything he does, and it's extremely professional. Uh, and you know, he would study his enemies and his rivals diligently, so you could foresee all their next steps. You know, uh, so it's I think you know it's a quite a fascinating character. I don't think you know I would aspire to be all those uh, things that he is, but <laughs> I, I kind of like his uh, very diligent approach. Uh, very meticulous, definitely. very, very, <laughs> yes, very data-driven, as you were, you, you were saying just before this, right? Oh, wow. Do you have a favorite line from Heat? Yeah, I think probably it's the, uh, if, if you have something that you can't walk away from in the uh, 30 seconds flat, uh, or, or it's something around that. It's it's really cool. But uh, I, I'm not living by that rule, by the way. <laughs> I, I do like attaching myself to things. <laughs> it's it's humanity. Uh, in movies, they're beautiful. It is a very cool character, and it's De Niro. He's an amazing actor. However, whatever role he's played till date, I've loved his his characterization of it. Uh, but hey, thank you so much. I, I, you know, it's been a while, and I have to say it's been at least... 15 years or so since I've seen, uh, yeah, I think it's been 15 years since I've seen Heat last. Uh, it'll be a nice blast uh, if I do catch up this weekend with the movie. Uh, by the way, you did touch upon on, on Thor. Uh, do you like the Marvel series? Is that something you you watch, you, you're an avid fan of? Not an avid fan. I can be entertained by it, but... I. It, I've never got that much into it. Uh, I think I've seen most of the movies actually, but uh, it's not the ones that I typically rewatch too many times. 
<laughs> no, no worries, no worries. I'm, I'm just very curious about, you know, when you said Thor, I was like, wow, Mjolnir. Uh, and you do have similarities there, Joe. I have to say, you do have similarities. Uh, <laughs> so in the hustle of things, and you, you mentioned, right, you're getting into one of the busiest times of the year, uh, even though with everything going around, you know, what is what is helping you stay sane and structured? What app do you use that helps you just be centered and aligned? Right. Uh, so I have a, a wide array of apps, but I think the ones that uh, I would maybe highlight um, that have helped me a lot, the you know, through life and maybe more in recent years, uh, when I really want to disconnect, uh, I often go to Amazon's audiobook, the the Audible. Uh, which yes, you know, is extremely good to combine with a lot of things, right? So when you're traveling in a car, you're on a plane, you're working out, uh, you can really multitask and 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 turn a somewhat boring or dull activity <laughs> into a much more pleasant experience. So what I also realized was that when I started using Audible and converted basically from book reading, uh, which I don't do that often anymore, I feel like I read enough at work, <laughs> then. I realized that I could actually get through a lot more books in the same amount of time. Uh, so I think it's really a, a genius way to accumulate more knowledge because you always have your phone around you or with you and you never know Correct. when there's going to be a, a time when you can, oh, I would read a book now, but I don't have it, but I do have my phone, right? So it's it's quite nice. And I also practice listening skills, which is not something that you're really wow. learning in school or anywhere. So it's it's quite interesting. The first book was tough, but then, you know, every book after that has become <laughs> much easier as well. Then I think an, another app is uh, that I used to use a lot of, but I've recently rediscovered is Strava, uh, which is a phenomenal Ooh. tool. Yeah, it's a phenomenal Cycling. tool to, to to get to motivate yourself to do workouts as well. Yeah, uh, and for those who haven't used it yet, it's really amazing tool for getting excited about workouts and the results tracking of it uh, when you're working out alone, or especially when you're working out alone, because you can basically compete about with anyone else who's been running or biking the same segments around where you are as well. So it's it's a great one. And then for structure or work, I would say, uh, I mean, a big fan of the Google Suites. So I've been on that for seven years and it works super smooth. I was a consultant before that and I tried all sorts of system. Uh, and uh, the Google Suite is, is extremely smooth and um, helps me organize my day and, and life a lot better. Awesome. I, I will ask you Strava because you mentioned, and I know I, I mentioned to you that I also uh, had a BTT with uh, Queeron uh, earlier on. Uh, and I'm just wondering, he also loves Strava, by the way. And his answer was, you know, he keeps it for cycling uh, every Saturday, diligently, every Saturday at 6 a.m. he's out cycling. Uh, <laughs> is that something that's a Laura wide thing right now? Or is that just because you, you both happen to have connected on Strava at some point? I would not say it's a Salora specific thing, but what, what is interesting about Salora is that our, our staff is very young in general. It's a very young uh, company uh, and we do have a lot of sports activities, uh, but I'm not so sure if there's a lot of other people on, on Strava, but uh, I, I know of a few, definitely. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I at least enjoy it and uh, have connected with both colleagues and friends over there. So there's definitely a community around it. <laughs> and with Audible, by the way, my, my last Audible was a while back, uh, but it was with uh, Stephen Fry, uh, the, the lovely British comedian slash actor and quiz host. Uh, 
I'm just curious, do you have a favorite uh, voice that you listen to or a book that you've re recently heard on, on Audible? Yeah, so the voices are typically a bit random, even, even you know, if you go for one author, it could be someone else. So the voices can, can differ, but I feel like, generally speaking, they're, they're picking pretty good uh, voices to listen to. Uh, in terms of books and author, I think my, my all-time favorite uh, author is uh, Michael Lewis, who's been writing a lot of financially focused, but now recently a bit more politically focused books. Uh, and I think I've read more or less everything he has... Uh, published and some of them even twice or three times uh, as, I, as I really enjoy his 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 way of characterizing and profiling uh, these people that he's describing the life of is just incredible and I really like it like every every, every story could be fun if Michael Lewis writes it <laughs> oh wow uh, I'm going to put him on my reading list then Michael Lewis uh, um, in terms of in terms of you now getting to to you know you as a leader of, of your team your company um, this time has not been very favorable to many it's it's been you know putting a lot of stress on people uh, you know mental health has been a huge issue because people have been siloed right unfortunately we're still in a lot of different quarantine restrictive measures um, I'm just curious, how do you keep your team motivated? How do you help them open up and say, hey, you know what, I've got a problem I need? Because we are still in that day and age, unfortunately, where people still think it's weak or not good to talk about your mental state. Yeah, thanks for asking that, Steve. Uh, it's definitely one of the the biggest topics that we've been dealing with ever since the, the pandemic started. And, you know, it's Alora. Uh, we've had work from home for 18 months, more or less without exception in yeah. all our countries. So no one has really been in the office uh, for a very long time. So I'd be lying if I was claiming that we, we had cracked the whole mental health issue uh, and that we didn't have any issues at all. Uh, I think every manager in countries where COVID has dictated a lot of the working conditions, uh, they've had to deal with this and had many challenges for sure. We've been lucky in a sense where I think we were set up very well for uh, work from home in a sense where everyone had laptops, they had VPNs and all that. So it was a quick, quick, quick um, uh, transition. And initially, I think everyone loved it. But then, you know, a couple of months in, the, the adrenaline sort of wears out and, um, you know, it's starting to get a bit boring and you're not meeting your colleagues. Yeah. And, you know, you get new, new colleagues and all that. So I think, you know, a lot of the things that we've done, you know, obviously the individual follow-ups are extremely important that doesn't necessarily have a topic or or an agenda or at least the employee gets to set the agenda and talk about whatever they want is is very important and much more important now than when you meet a lot of people True. around all the time we've also implemented a lot of these you know uh, initiatives uh, systemically across the, the company such as mental health days we have um, uh, various sort of vocation days that we have implemented we have zoom free free meeting days uh, and we also have quite a few of these like mental health trainers and apps and these things that we've implemented but uh, I mean back to your question I think the the challenge is to really understand that that, that some employees are um, um, challenged by the work from home for such yes. a long time and I think another thing that we also noticed through a lot of surveys and questionnaires and we got a lot of you know, feedback that led to believe that there was a need for more education uh, around the whole, you know, um, work hours and setting the boundaries yeah. of notifications, 
both from the, the sender side and the receiving side. So for the receiver to turn off all notifications after working hours is very important. Otherwise, you get really stressed out. And that's what we saw that people were, every time the computer made a sound or the, the phone made a sound, even if Could it was French, you just get really, really scared and like, oh, no, it's work again, right? So a lot of education around that, I think, helps a lot as well uh, to uh, lower down the stress levels and make people a bit wow. more comfortable outside the working hours. Uh, so I, th I think those are a few of the things that we did and saw a bit of, of um, uh, what is it, luck with and successes with. Hmm. Congratulations on that. I know a lot of companies have been struggling with this, uh, especially, and I'm uh, happy you touched upon notifications as well, because unfortunately that boundary of when you're available has just shifted so much and people feel like they have to be available all the time. Uh, thank you for, for sharing that. And I'm grateful that the Zalora team is taking a very active role in, in, in addressing this. So going into you, the wanderlust traveler, you've been traveling for a very long time. We connected a bit before you mentioned you've been to, to Paris, to Canada, you've been traveling around, you've been working in different places. Um, two questions, where's home? If, if Joe Biodal wanted to just lie down and say, this is home, which country would that be? It would definitely be Norway, uh, where I currently am. I, uh, I love the country. It's fantastic. Um, and, you know, it's funny that you ask, because when I left Norway uh, about seven years ago, um, I wasn't intending to stay out for very long. I, uh, I was thinking this is a two-year gig, uh, and then you know get some experiences, see see you know a fast-moving economy and everything. Um, and uh, then I realized how how extremely fascinating the Southeast Asian region has been. I've been in Indonesia for four years, and now recently in Malaysia for two and a half years. And I'm I can't get enough of that region. Obviously, it's been a bit different now for one and a half year during COVID, but yes. it's been uh, phenomenal to be over there as well and explore that side of the world. But if I if I had to call something home, it's, it's, there's no doubt it will be uh, Norway, definitely. Love that. I haven't, and I have to apologize, uh, and I have to confess, I haven't been to Norway yet, even though I'm in Budapest, Hungary, not too far from you. Uh, but, you know, I, I have my mindset that Whenever everything opens, I'm traveling out because I love your winters. You've got beautiful winters in Norway. Uh, you know, your countryside is just beautiful. Uh, so, yes, whenever I do get a chance to, that is that is a place I would love to get to as well. Do let me know and I'll, I'll welcome you. <laughs> We're either meeting in Norway or in Malaysia. I've got plans on both. So, <laughs> uh, or surfing in Bali. Uh, which is something I love to do as well. It's all on the on the bucket list. Um, but, but the second question also comes to um, what has been your first job and have you learned anything from that that you said, you know what, this is a habit I need to keep? Oh, yeah. So, so first ever job, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, in my early younger days, I had a lot of these various gigs, you know, like uh, freelance gigs, uh, picking berries or mowing lawns and these things. Oh, but, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but my first real sort of hourly wage job was at an event organizer for big weddings, uh, anniversaries, Christmas parties and such. Wow. At the age of 14 or something. Uh, and it was it was a, like a 200-year-old, really beautiful wooden structure inside a, 
uh, an outdoor museum of old historical oh. buildings in my hometown. So really like really nice with ducks running around and all that. And just like everyone else, I started out uh, scrubbing dishes <laughs> before I eventually <laughs> upgraded, uh, got upgraded to a waiter. And then later on, I started uh, serving cocktails at the bar when I was old enough, or, or at least almost old enough. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was generally a really Dave. nice, yeah, it was a really nice first job. Uh, learned a lot about you know serving customers, smiling, uh, and basic discipline on practical problem solving, like you know very like practical stuff. Uh, but I I enjoyed it, and I think I learned a lot, especially around discipline, because the boss was really strict and very peculiar about how things would be. <laughs> it has to be perfect, you know. So I think that was that was the first job, and I think I picked picked up a lot of things there. Events are a tough job, and hospitality is you know has to be at that level. So so what what is the craziest request you ever got, as you know any of the wait staff or or the bartender mixing cocktails? Oh wow, that's a very good question. It's a long time ago. <laughs> oh man, I think I better think about this one. <laughs> no worries, I'll catch you later on for this. But I, I am very curious. What, what was the craziest thing you got? For example, my uh, the first time I did an event. This was again. I was much older than that. I was nineteen. Uh, I was uh, the help staff the support staff uh, at, uh, at the venue and uh, someone had come to tell me that they had dropped their mobile at that point of time in the toilet and they needed someone to help fix that. Now, of course, I was in a foreign country. I was in Singapore at that time, uh, new to the whole place and I had no clue who would fix a mobile. Uh, not to mention, it was still very new as a concept back in the day. So it was like, hmm, let me find out. And we, we Two hours later, we found the concierge uh, to help us fix that mobile uh, within the same day. It was fun stuff, but I'd never actually, you know, at that point of time, as a 19-year-old going, I've, I don't have a mobile. I don't know how to fix a mobile. What do you do with a mobile? <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And taking me also back in time. Uh, uh, Joe, last question before I leave you for today. What is that one unique fact about you that I do not know yet? We know you love to sh you fish. Uh, we know you've you, you're an avid, uh, well, exercise regiment uh, fan. So, so what is it? The one thing you we don't know yet of you? Yeah, you, you know, Steve, I should probably not be saying this, but because it's quite ironic. <laughs> but you know, I've been working in marketing uh, for uh, you know quite a long time now, trying to figure out new and sophisticated ways to sort of wrap a tempting offer uh, to trigger impulse purchases from our customers. Uh, but personally, I actually completely resent promos and deals and bundles <laughs> and, and such that influence me to buy things that I really don't actually need, right? Uh, so I try to consistently sort of fight the, the urge uh, to fall into these traps myself uh, because I, I really sort of need three or five of anything, like five chocolate bars, yeah. I probably would have been better <laughs> off not eating those five chocolate bars, right? Uh, and, you know, the same same thing goes with all these, like, limited edition products, uh, which <laughs> are labeled as that. Um, and, you know, if it was limited edition, I if it was selling that hot, then I, I guess they wouldn't be limiting the supply, right? So, yeah, generally, I, I rarely buy on discount, or at least I don't buy because of the discount. Uh, and I do that because I believe, actually, 
spend less in total if I only buy what I really need when I need it. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, if I get a discount, I'm really happy about it if I'm already buying something. But uh, <laughs> I, I try I try not to let it drive and influence my, uh, my own purchase behavior. And I'm not really that much of a materialistic person either. I think the most expensive thing I've ever owned is, is a bicycle. Uh, and it wasn't really that expensive either. Um, and um, I just don't like things accumulating everywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess in that sense, I'm probably my own industry's worst nightmare. <laughs> this could be the influence from heat, you know, if you can walk away from it in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, but I'm also very curious, do you have an ad blocker then? I don't actually have an ad blocker. Uh, and that's mainly because of my job, right? Where, you know, I'm, sure. I'm learning by looking at all these ads <laughs> and trying to figure out how the others are doing it, you know? Uh, so I, I am actually not ad blocking anything out. Wow. <laughs> Joe, I am grateful you shared that with us. I'm so happy you did because, you know, it's also me. Uh, I, I love to shop, but, but I'm on the other side, right? I love to shop and I have to stop myself wanting to shop. So for me, shopping is like, it's a drug. I won't say I'm, I'm a shopaholic. I, I cannot. No, no, no. I love things I want to have. And if it was right, right there in front of me, I'd be like, oh, good. But it's a need versus want, right? And I'm guessing you very much fit into that category where you go, if it's a need, I definitely want it. If it's not, not a need, it's okay. I don't need it right now. Uh, but thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for sharing your yourself with our audience as well. Very happy to be here, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, guys, you've heard Joe Biodal, uh, CMO of Zalora Group. Now, if you want to catch him, catch him on September 15th and 16th at Reshape. Join at uh, reshapesummit.com. Uh, until then, stay safe and stay healthy. Ciao, guys. Mm -hmm.